0: Welcome to the Illuminate Business Advisors podcast. Our mission is to help businesses improve productivity by changing the way they hire, train, and build teams. If you are a business owner or team leader, you are in the right place. If you aren't subscribed to our podcast, please do so at iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Thank you for being here, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, this is Richard Dvorak. Welcome to the podcast today. I do appreciate you listening. I'm a partner with Illuminate Business Advisors, and we're a company located out of Houston, Texas. We have clients around the nation, but our home base is here in Houston. And what we do at Illuminate is help businesses hire the right fit, train effectively, and improve employee engagement to ultimately improve productivity. Today, I'm talking about the best tool that you've never heard of. Now, I'm going to give away the punchline in case you've heard of this tool and have used it so you don't have to go through and listen to the whole podcast. But what we're talking about today is tools from Colby Company. That's K-O-L-B-E. And the tool that I'm going to get into today is their most popular assessment. It's called the Colby A. And if you haven't taken it, what I'd suggest you do is go to Colby.com, K-O-L-B-E.com. Take the Colby A. I think it costs about $50. And then come back and listen to the podcast to get some more insight. If you have taken it, keep on listening. Or if you just want to hear about how this can be so impactful for your business, then uh, listen on. And before I get into the tool, I need to give you a quick lesson in the three parts of the mind. And ancient philosophers and modern psychologists tend to agree that we have a three-part mind with separate domains for thinking, feeling, and doing or taking action. There's different ways to measure these parts of the mind. And the first part is cognitive. And cognitive is you know IQ, It's skills, it's intelligence. It's, and it can be measured in different ways. You know, if you've been in a job for a long time and you're really good in your profession or your career, then you have you probably have high cognitive measurements in that area. or if you're just really smart, you can measure that using things like the SAT or the ACT you know, CPA, CFP. The Wonderlick test is something that can measure the cognitive part of the mind. That's not what we're talking about today. The affective part of the mind that's affective with an A is about feeling. What motivates somebody? What's their attitudes? What are their preferences? And you can measure this with a lot of very popular assessments like DISC, Strengths finders, Wonderlick, those are all things that measure the effective part of the mind. What we're talking about today is it's a well known part of the mind, but it's not as understood. And for whatever reason, not as researched, but it's the conative part of the mind. And conation is, is how people take action. It's the striving instincts, it's mental energy, it's innate strengths. And It's a person's natural way of taking action and making decisions or problem solving. And for me, this is so important to understand. And for our clients, they can get a lot of revelations and a lot of insights by measuring and understanding the conative part of the mind. So what Colby does, Colby is the only validated assessment out there that measures conation or how people take action. And it was started by Kathy Colby Many decades ago, I think she's been doing it for 40 years, studying the human mind and how people take action. So Colby has nothing to do with your values, personality, or intelligence. The Colby Index deals with a different part of the mind, which is conation. And it's how you do things when free to be yourself. And so I'm going to talk about why this assessment is so important. Let's get into it. And Colby, by the way, has a a suite of tools. I mean, they've got the Colby A and the B and the C and a hiring process. There's so many great tools. We're going to focus on their most popular, which is the Colby A index. And so what it does, just to go into this a little bit deeper, the Colby result identifies and validates your natural talents. That's the instinctive method of operation. We call that MO that enables you to be your best self. And your MO is represented by four numbers, which indicate how you instinctively take action in each four action modes. So let me me simplify this, let me step away. When you take the Colby A, if you've taken it, you know what it looks like. You get this nice visual. It's got four columns, four different colors, red, blue, green, and yellow. And those columns represent the four different action modes. So one is Fact Finder. Then you have Follow Through. You have Quick Start. And you have Implementer. And we're each born with equal amounts of creative instincts. So let me dig into these briefly and then talk about some of the, the things that I've noticed out there when we're working with clients and just through my own experience. But the first mode that I want to talk about is FactFinder. And FactFinder is how we gather and share information. And what what the Colby Index does is it measures people on a scale from 1 to 10 in each of these modes. So when you take this, if you're a fact finder, you can be anywhere from a 1 to a 10. And a 1 is not better or worse than a 10. All of these can be strengths when applied in different ways. So what we call a short fact finder, that's somebody on the lower end, so 1 through 3, they might focus on the bottom line. They may want to simplify the solutions or condense data. Somebody on the longer end of the fact finder, like a 7 to a 10, they may need a lot of data. They like to research in depth. They want to build on experience. So I don't want to stereotype, but think engineer. So that's one of the modes that it measures. And I'm going to come back in a couple minutes and talk about why these are so important to know. The second mode is follow through, and that's how we organize and design. And this, the range of behaviors in this area is all the way from being systematic and structured to being very adaptable. So on the longer end of follow-through, the people that are sevens and above, they bring things to closure. They provide systems. They design plans. On the lower end, they may be more flexible. They create shortcuts. And in the middle, these types of people can go either way, but they'll, they're likely to sustain systems, identify inconsistencies, and adjust to a schedule or program. So I know I'm going through a lot of data here and it's hard to digest on a podcast, but it's really important to understand where you are and where your team is in these different areas. Let's move on to the next mode, which is quick start. And that's how we deal with risk and uncertainty. So people on the shorter end of quick start might want to minimize chaos, protect the status quo. And people on the longer end might like to try new things and experiment. They're driven by deadlines. They like to brainstorm ideas. And as I'm talking about these, you may be thinking of people in your life fall into some of these areas, and you may be thinking about yourself and and validating things that you, you know about yourself to be true. The last mode I want to talk about is implementer, and this is how we deal with space and tangibles. So people that are shorter on the implementer, they might like to deal with things in an abstract and tangible way. Simulate situations, describe something without having to demonstrate, and then people on the longer end might like to demonstrate physically or create three D solutions. They insist on quality materials, and so those are the four action modes. Fact Finder followed through, Quick Start, and Implementer. Now, why is this important? Well, it really impacts everything that we do. So remember, our company Illuminate, we help people hire the right fit. We help them train. We help them communicate and work together more effectively. So understanding somebody's cognitive strengths, how they are likely to take action is important in every area of a business. You know, we need to know if I'm going to communicate with somebody, I need to know how they're likely to take action. But because in many cases, it's different than the way that I will. So I need to have the correct expectation. And I also need to understand and appreciate how that person takes action. So it impacts communication. It impacts how we delegate. You should delegate differently to different people. So if somebody has different strengths, then your delegation might be different. I'll talk about that in just a second. I'll give you an an example. And then how your systems are designed and how they work. So let let me break this down into communication. So for example, in the fact finder, I think this is so important. So let's say you are a uh, seven fact finder like me. I, I appreciate a fair amount of data before I make decisions, before I solve problems. Let's say I'm talking to somebody that is a two fact finder. Okay, That person tends to not need or desire as much information before taking action. So if I get you know, give them all the details and all the ins and outs and all this uh, specificity that I would naturally like to give, that might be more than that person needs or wants. It might overwhelm them. I may need to simplify it and, and give it to them in a different manner. So, it also might determine, does this person like written words? Do they want data? Do they like analogies or case studies? So, the different levels of fact finder are going to communicate and receive information differently. The follow through, you know, people that have followed this strength, they might like visuals, like graphs, charts, diagrams, outlines, maps. And so, you know, I'm the type of person that likes the visuals and the charts and the diagrams, but I might be working and communicating with somebody that doesn't need like that or appreciate it. And so we can have some miscommunication, mixed expectations or or potentially conflict. Then there's the quick start. People that have the strength of quick start tend to um, like the spoken word, they like to ad-lib, they like to you know, improvise metaphors and talking points. So if I know somebody has this strength, I, I may want to give them bullet points, I don't want to give them a dissertation. And then the implementer, these types of people might like to communicate with tangibles, props, models, demonstrations, texture, body language. So this might not be the person I want to communicate an important concept or an important delegation just over the phone. That may not be a way that they receive that information well or in a way that allows them to thrive. So let me kind of take this down the home stretch. And what I'm going to do in in subsequent podcasts is I'm going to go deeper into each of these areas, like the fact finder, the follow through, the quick start and the implementer. And I'm going to talk about what, what this means when you're hiring somebody for training. What are the implications for leading and working in a team? But I'll talk about a couple of quick mistakes. So one company we're working with, a very successful company, $100 million plus revenue, and they've been through two CEOs in, a, in about five years. And I don't know if it has anything to do with Conation, the things that we measure with the Colby assessment, but they've never measured that before. So one of the things we found with their leadership team is they all were very long on quick start and very short on follow through. So they're very good at innovating, moving at a fast pace, moving in the midst of uncertainty, but they weren't good at what the CEO said. Well, the CEO said they sucked at finishing things, at providing closure, at at really laying out all the steps necessary. And, And this was a big problem in the leadership team. So we identified that they wanted a leader who had more of that follow through strength. Now, if we wouldn't have identified that, what could happen, the mistake they could make is putting somebody in that role that doesn't have that strength and then wondering why they keep repeating their past mistakes. So that can be a big deal, especially with the CEO. But I would submit that even a, an administrative assistant, if you hire somebody that has the wrong strengths, that can also be a hindrance. in training. So I, I had this, um, this colleague who was going to bring on a junior advisor in their financial planning and wealth management practice. And really what he wanted to do was hand off clients to this person. And I said, well, have you, have you measured her Colby? And he said, yeah, I had her take one. Well, I'll go back to the follow-through area. She was uh, very short and follow-through. And I said, well, you know, one thing you may m- want to be aware of is she's not likely going to be good at following through with multi-step processes and, you know, making sure that things don't fall through the cracks. And I said, you know, she may be intelligent and very like personable, which she was, but sure enough, the first client that he delegated, just there was not good follow-through, there wasn't good follow-up, and it was just, it was a mess. And he had to unwind that. I didn't say I told you so, but I thought to myself, you know, the signs were there. You knew how she was likely to take action. So let's say you are bringing somebody into your organization. You know, what's the implications if you hire the wrong person, or if you train them the wrong way, or if you just have an expectation that they're going to do things that don't fit into their strengths? You could set them and yourself up for failure, and it can have, you know, cost money, cost time, and just cause a lot of frustration in the company. So the implications are huge when you don't understand somebody's cognitive makeup or cognitive strengths. Now, the flip side is when you do understand that it really unlocks, just it, it just brings to light so many things that you can't tell just by talking with somebody, by interviewing, by interacting and working with them. Once you do these Colby assessments, though, you really can see, you can pull back the curtain and see how somebody's likely to take action. So... We talked about the Colby A Index, and that measures a person's instinctive methods of operation, call that MO, and then identifies the ways that they'll be most productive. Colby also has some other tools, the Colby B Index. It identifies a person's job-related self-expectations. So if you were going to take the B, you would say, okay, this is what I think my role requires. And if it doesn't match up closely with your A, you can identify why you may be experiencing stress in that position. And then there's the Colby C, and what this does is identify the actions a supervisor requires for success in a specific job. So if I have an expectation that a certain employee or a certain team member is going to act a certain way or I want them to, I would take this C and I can compare it to their A. So if I'm hiring somebody or if they're already in the role, I can compare their A to their C. And if their A is not a good fit for my expectations, then I need to go in eyes wide open, knowing that this person might not meet my expectations and I might set them up for failure. So I'm going to wrap up the podcast today and I hope you enjoyed it. Today was just an overview of of this, what I call the most important tool you've never heard of. If you continue to listen to the podcast, you may have heard of it. You may be familiar with it. You may have used it. You may be using it. There's always an opportunity to go deeper. If you're not using it, what I would encourage you to do is right now, go to Colby.com. I don't make any money off you going over there take the Colby a. if you if you want to get a debrief by me reach out to me at illuminate ba i'd be happy to talk with you about what the implications are for you in any area of your business if you're training if you're hiring if you're trying to just improve employee engagement or if you're just trying to learn more about yourself and validate your strengths and the way you strive i'd be happy to do that so tune in for the next couple podcasts i'm going to dig deeper into the tool and some of the implications If you're not subscribed to the podcast, we're on all the big sites, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. If you are subscribed, I'd love to get some feedback. I'd love to get a rating. Um, Only if it's a five. If this wasn't a five, go listen to another podcast that we did, find one that is a five, rate us highly. And I appreciate you listening today. Thank you for listening to the Illuminate Business Advisors podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can get updated episodes. You can subscribe at iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. If you are already subscribed, please leave us a rating to let us know how we are doing, but only if we've earned a five. If we didn't at this time, please check out our episode library for other topics that interest you. You can find more information about our company and services at illuminateba.com. Thanks for listening, and here's to your success.